A very warm welcome to How Do You Hear? This is a space for us to share our stories and points of view around healing, energy work, spirituality and our visions for the new earth. My name is Dr. Hannah Arnold and I help people clean up on the inside through uncovering and shifting deeply rooted blocks such as limiting beliefs, stuck emotions and traumas. Because with clarity you can actually reconnect with who you truly are, become conscious of your purpose here on earth during this amazing time of transformation and become free to shape your unique journey from an inner place of joy, ease and confidence. This podcast is dedicated especially to those of you who, just like myself, come from a very academic, businessy or old world professional background or grew up without any connection to spirituality and alternative ways of healing. I hope our time together will touch you, nourish you and spark your curiosity in new ways. So much love from my heart to yours and, of course, enjoy this episode. Hi, Gwen. Nice to have you here on he How Do You Heal? I'm so, so, so excited to be talking to you this next hour. Are Thank you, you so much for having me, Hannah. Yes, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm really thrilled. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Very good. Just been outside with a dog, so feeling really refreshed. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I'm, I've been looking forward to this conversation for so much, for such a long time. Gwen is one of my dearest, dearest souls here on the planet. We met, um, I don't even know which year it was, I would say 18, 2018. Is that vague? I think so. Eighteen, yes, I would say so, about two and a half years ago, roughly, yes. Yeah, something like, it feels like a lot longer because, uh, yeah, we, we had this instant connection. We met in London at a Theta Healing class and ended up taking a couple of um, these classes together and have been on this pretty intense, amazing journey together <laughs> ever since. Um, yes, And so I'm excited to talk to you because, you know, I'm the, the format of the series is to be talking to um, various healers around the world from different backgrounds, both culturally and also healing wise. Now, we have kind of trained in for the for the most part in the same modality, which I think is interesting as a kind of inside talk um, conversation mm -hmm. but then also you have trained in other modalities one of which um, I'm benefiting from it's called um, color mirrors right is mm -hmm. that right the right name that's right yes color mirrors that's right which is a, a relatively new modality is that also right um, yes it's about 20 years old it was um okay. I don't want to say created, it was remembered <laughs> because we've always used colors um, throughout the ages, but it was remembered as a modality in 2001 in South Africa. So it, it is quite new in this day and age. Yes, you're right. Right. And I'm so ever since we met, we've been in, in the healer um, inside lingo, we've been swapping, <laughs> which means <laughs> it's, I, I was reflecting on like our relationship, obviously thinking about uh, talking to you or to ask you. And um, it's this, it, so today we have this absolute luxury that we have, um, we, you know, we can connect through, it's through Skype, through Zoom and on, on telephone and so on. And we, we can meet in any, you know, any, anywhere in the world. We can have deep um, exchanges through healing, like in, in, in seminars. And then we go into our own places and we stay in touch and we 
basically we've not really done any like I would I would call you one of my closest friends but at mm. the same time we haven't done any friend stuff any like what you would call regular friends activities <laughs> anything like that right so it's not regular you're right <laughs> so it's the slightly bizarre situation where you know like every little detail of each other because you've worked on on stuff that's like the deepest anyone will ever know you mm. but yeah and it's it's a very interesting probably fairly new phenomenon in a way it, it is but it's so beautiful to be able to connect you know with each other that way you know in a way we're, we're not touching the surface you know we're always um going really deep you know and you're right we do know it, everything about each other and and that's a, a beautiful kind of friendship yeah and do you find how has it been for you has this kind of um well like first of all contact with yourself but also through that contact with others has it affected your your um, you know your normal friendships or whatever you want to call them your real world friendships it's such a good question because I do notice you know I have the friends in my life now that I've had all my life yeah. and then um that may not even know as much about me as you would do you know yeah. <laughs> that I've known for less time that you, you came in you came in in this life anyway you came in a bit later right um so it it affects them in the way that the more I discover, um, you know, myself and the more I go on my own journey, um, I find it probably easier to discuss um, what I'm going through with the people that are also consciously on their own journey. So I think that the, the, the relationship definitely would be different. I think I'm much more probably open um, to be vulnerable with the people that I know are doing a very similar healing journey. It doesn't, yes, so that's how I think it changes the relationship. But I still share, you know, with my good friends, but I notice the the level of vulnerability, uh, vulnerability sorry, or openness is, is different, maybe. Mm. I think you're right. I think doing all this healing work has created a new form of friendship, as you said, you know, <laughs> that I didn't know existed before. <laughs> yeah, and, it all, and, and then, I mean, I, I find that it's affected my friendships in kind of maybe in two ways that either I kind of can't, really spend that much time or like it just peters out in a way when you just because mm. for me it, it was obviously a transition period and I'm gonna ask you about your experience in a minute but um like mm. I wasn't born a healer or like well I was but didn't discover this until kind of five years ago or something and it it was obviously a process obviously for, for me to stand up for this this kind of identity and mm -hmm. uh, again another topic we need to talk about like the how do we identify these days how do we feel like we're healers etc but um, I, I found that either people kind of drifted out of my life or they kind of slowly got indoctrinated a little bit just by being start like they started to be curious about what I do and it would lead eventually in their own speed to questions to me being able to share some of what I do but I I found that I can't really be with people who don't at least are curious about what I do mm. there's some you know friends who wouldn't who kind of avoid the topic or don't really get it and I mean that's fine it just means I can't really they like what do you talk about at that point mm. yes I know exactly what you mean I find that so I although I might not be as vulnerable with the people that I know may not um be on this journey you know of like digging deep and and discovering all those layers of our subconscious you know um I will still what I what I notice I do more is I don't hide as well anymore a bit like what you're yes. saying <laughs> I don't hide anymore about it and then I'm okay how, with how people react about that you know if I talk yes. about 
um, you know, anything that's, um, that matters to me, this, you know, spirituality, my emotions, my thoughts, my belief, I don't hide that any, anymore. I think I used to because I wanted to belong and not seem weird or yeah, seem different. Here. Right. And, um, and I think what I do now is I just, I'm quite open about it and, and I'm okay if people think I'm weird, you know, I'm yeah. okay if people think, oh, that's a bit edgy or that's a bit interesting, you know, just to stay polite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I just, I think that's what I've noticed and it gets easier, easier and, and easier with time. You know, I think when um, I really got into this spiritual journey and really got in touch with me as a soul, you know, as a, a limitless soul, I think one of my first fear when I decided I'm not going to hide anymore, I really thought my husband was going to leave me because yes. he, uh-huh. was gonna, he was going to think I'm crazy. And I, was, I don't know why it was mm-hmm. the fear I had. And I remember just sitting down um, at breakfast one day and telling him, you know, look, I need to share something with you. I am so scared that as I'm stepping into my truth more and sharing what matters to me and connect to myself as a soul and my spirituality and share about it, I'm afraid you're going to leave me. Yeah. <laughs> and he just laughed. It was, he looked at me, he goes, um, Gwen, do you know that I know since I met you 20 years ago that you are spiritual and you are a bit weird? And it just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I just had this huge fear. I don't know why. I thought I'd hidden mm. who I was, but obviously I hadn't. And I think a lot of people probably see me as someone that's a bit uh, out there, if you know what I mean. Um, mm. But yeah, it's interesting the perception we have of, our, of ourselves and the way others see us. But I think, I think you're right. I think I, I'm. I don't want to hide anymore. So, yeah. you know, even with my friends in the longest time, you know, I, I just am the way that I am. And I just find that actually a lot of them, a lot of my good friends, they've already been on their journey too. I hadn't realized as well, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, when we're fearing, when we're doing stuff out of fear, we, we end up also judging and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, creating distance and then we can't relate. That's it. That you, yeah, that you've hit the nail on the head here. Sometimes we're, we're like, you know, I was, I used to be in judgment. I used to be in a period of, oh, look at me, I'm doing all this work, you know, mm-hmm. I'm so evolved, right? I, mm-hmm. I used to really be in the ego at the beginning. And I think we're all there at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, you know, after a while, I really realized, I really worked on that judgment. And I just yeah. realized that every single soul on this planet is going through their own unique journey, whatever forms that take, you know, I, who am I to judge, <laughs> you yeah. know? And, and, and once I let go of that, I just realized, yeah, I, you know, we're all on a journey. We're all doing it differently. And it's, and the thing that matters to me the most now is just to be really open about, about myself and what I believe in and what matters to me and not be so attached um, to what I look like or what I sound like. I've, I've really let go of that now. Yeah, and and then this is what calls in the the result or the the kind of consequence, like your energy going out with this confidence and clarity. When people then feel that, even if they're if it's something you know that intellect intellectually they might not not even not agree with but not even have thought about because a lot of what we do is like people most people wouldn't have thought about past lives or inner child or like how emotions work or something I guess so consciously at least I didn't before I started to do (laughs) um uh, yeah then uh, it's it's uh, it's it's when this comes out with a clarity they will they will not react in a weird way they'll either leave it or, or be like oh interesting um there's something there that moves me that because clarity moves us doesn't it um it does and authenticity as well when you're clear and authentic in the moment um 
whether people believe in what you believe, it doesn't matter. There's still a connection, as you said. There's still a real connection there. there there's a, um, what's the word? Um, a, real, a real heart opening, you know, when you're mm -hmm. really in your truth, sharing what, what, what you believe in. And yeah, absolutely. Yes, in a way, when you're clear with your own emotions and you know, like, if you, when you've cleared up those um Well, it's interesting when you're taking your example, you know, that fear of what could happen with your husband, you know, it's, um, I was going to ask you, did, did, did that shift just through that conversation, just because we're talking about healing, right? Like a conversation could be healing. Did, did that shift you or did you actually work oh, on it? I find um, conversations are the most healing, healing moments. They've been the most healing moments in my whole life. There's mm. different, ways, different ways that I've experienced release and healing and, you know, that kind of surrender yeah. um, and, and relief. But for me, being able to say the truth yeah. about how I feel to someone that I love is extremely healing. And I've had that with my husband, with my mom, my dad, or my close family. And it's just the act of sharing your truth in the moment With the intention, you know, you have to have the intention behind it. You're not just offloading, you know, you're sharing mm -hmm. the truth so you can connect to that person yes. more deeply. That, you're absolutely right, is healing in itself. And literally after that conversation with my husband, I was, that was it. I was completely mm -hmm. freed up again. I was like, oh, okay. Whew. You know, I just realized I had a fear that, that I was holding it and I was projecting it onto my husband. But in my husband's world, he was like, of course, Gwen spiritual. She's always been. That's why I love her, you know? <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and uh, just to also bring in a bit of like background just about how we work with theta healing you know when when we take that example um you didn't go into the healing it cl everything clear just by you you know just actually uh, having the interaction the connection the um yeah the, the, that moment of showing yourself in your greatest fear in your vulnerability and being seen being heard being um that, that is such a deep power um mm. and it shifted everything that was underneath if you'd now gone in through a session you could have maybe cleared it um by for example you know maybe it was an ancestral belief maybe you had an ancestor who um who <laughs> yeah was like a, became a witch and then got left or whatever <laughs> or maybe it's yeah. a collective fear <laughs> so we don't <laughs> the, 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 those are all the levels we work or yeah past life whatever um and so you know the, these kind of beliefs uh, that are like a program like oh if i become spiritual if i live my spirituality openly i will become yeah my my my, my partner will leave me it's like a program but then there's also all this emotion wrapped around it and you can release it in a session by finding out what was going on, where it came from, or you can have this conversation and it shifts. And it's, I mean, that is just showing us how, how, what, what healing capacities we have. Right. Um, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. I think um, the bottom line is for me is, is to follow your intuition as to what will help you shift or heal or release this pattern that you're talking about. You're right. I had a pattern. You're absolutely right. I was afraid that if I revealed my spiritual gift or um, that I was spiritual, I, I was afraid of being persecuted. And you're totally yeah. right. It came from a past life. I wanted to um, say persecute <laughs> earlier. It's interesting that you hear. <laughs> yeah. With that, that the vibration, yeah. you know, that emotion or that yeah. fear of judgment and persecution. I was absolutely afraid of that. And I remember mm -hmm. when I was speaking to my husband, I couldn't even speak. I was so afraid. Yeah. Um, and, 
and for me in that moment, you're right, it was it was what felt right with my intuition is because he's my husband, he's the closest person I have in my life, right? It felt right to talk to him about it. But there's also many things that I've healed that I didn't need to speak to the person. I just knew I had to understand what was what is this pattern? What is this thing in my blind spot that I can't quite see, but I know it's stopping me from being free or joyful or happy or living my life in alignment. Sometimes you can't quite feel what it is. So it's even harder to have a conversation with someone, yeah. right? Yeah. And and through all these modalities that I've learned, so you know about, you know, theta healing and colors and I've recently um, brought in EFT into my, my, my modalities tapping. as well. Yeah. Tapping, that's right, emotional freedom technique. Um, and sometimes the, the good thing about all these modalities is they help you understand yourself very deeply at a very deep level. Because how can you heal if you don't know what you're healing, if you don't know what the issue is, if you don't know what really is going on? And all those modalities, they're, they're different forms, and there's hundreds out there in the world, right? I picked those because they... They felt good to me. They resonated with how I, I function. I find it really interesting to be able to go to the subconscious because I do believe, again, that's my unique, you know, my perspective. I'm not saying it's the truth, right? But I do believe a lot of what stops us is in the subconscious. I even studied Jungian, uh, Jungian uh, car Jung therapy for a year, uh, two years ago, because I was just really drawn into the world of the subconscious, dreams, archetype, everything that makes us who we are, but that we don't know it's there right? And, and you're right, there's a lot of the, the healing I do on myself or with others. It's, it's, it's that work, it's understanding, okay, so what is it? What is that conditioning, that pattern, that fear, that trauma, you know, that story that I have um, buried really deep and completely forgotten, but that's literally running my life every single day. And that's what all those modalities help us do, is to understand, bring it to the surface, see it. And once you see it, then you know what you've got to do. Yeah, and the modalities, in the end, you don't need them, right? It's just uh, you need them to create that vocabulary that not not in terms of words, but in terms of um, recognition of what's going on. Like in the end, everything's frequency. So you can learn to distinguish between how certain emotions feel, how a trauma feels. Um, it's a very different exactly. energy. How, um, I don't know, what would you say? What else? Um How? It helps you articulate and really, um, you're right, it's that vocabulary, putting words to feelings. Sometimes we feel a lot, but we don't know how we feel or why we feel that way. And bringing words to those emotions, those vibrate, as you said, it's all frequency. It's all vibration. And putting words to it, it brings it to consciousness. And literally just being aware already releases that frequency, that lower vibration. Yeah, everything wants to be seen as what it is at first, right? Before it can change and beautiful. That's exactly it. Recognize as what it is. Yes, that's exactly it. And that sometimes is just what it takes to heal something or to release something. It's just seeing it. And when can you describe to people who maybe um, are new to healing or are you know maybe a bit like how like yeah okay maybe I believe that this is kind of possible that healing you know that we can tune into these things but like how would you do that as a healer and um and I, I every healer is a bit different so I'm, I'm just curious how when you facilitate a healing you sit with someone you work online right only yes I do now online only that's right mm -hmm. 
<laughs> you're based in London, but you um, yeah you you work with people from from all over the place. Um, and so you you sit there at your computer and you tune into the energy. How like can you describe a bit about? how this works for you very individually and also maybe um, you, <laughs> if you need to go back to how you started as a healer and how you discovered how you function as a healer, I'd be very interested to hear that. Mm, of course. Um, maybe let me start with how I got to do what I do now. Yes. And then we can, yeah, then I'll describe more or less what I do. Brilliant. Um, so originally I was, so as you know, as you can hear probably, I was, I was born in France and both my parents were doctors and we were very academic in my family. So I went to school. I was like a really good student. I was all about the brain. You know, I had to be intelligent. I had to have good scores. I was obsessed with my, um, my scores. I was like, I've got to be the best at school. Um, And I was very encouraged, especially by my dad, um, to, to, to follow that path, you know, that academic path. So I was very left brain growing up, extremely left brain. Um, then I went to business school and then I studied a career in the corporate world. Um, I studied in logistics and I moved into um, banking for a while, internal auditing, private equity. So very, very left brain, very structured, very logical. Um, and that was my world. And after a while, I noticed, you know, I was doing really well. I was earning a good living. You know, I was very cushioned in my roles, you know, with bonuses, insurance. I felt really safe. You know, mm -hmm. well, this, this is safe. <laughs> um, but inside, you, sorry, at that point, you'd never had any healing or anything done to you? Or nothing. No contact nothing. with it? Yeah. No contact with it whatsoever. Cool. And, and then... Um, But I was curious, don't get me wrong, I was left brain, but I was curious. I was like, I'm sure there's something more to life, right? I was always like, oh, what is life? I was always asking myself that question, you know, what is life? What is yeah. life all about? What's my purpose? And I think I got to a point where I noticed, I think I turned 30 just before I got married. And I realized I was like, I can't do another 33 years of this job. It doesn't bring me joy. I feel empty inside. I don't feel like I'm making a difference. It's not creative. And I really struggled to get up in the morning and I had that Sunday night feeling, you know, when you've got to go back to work on Monday, I used to yeah. have that feel, feeling on Sunday morning and it would ruin my Sunday. And, and I think I, I went on this huge, I just, I could see, you know, you're, you're hitting this halfway point and I was like, I can't carry on like that. I just cannot see myself doing 33 years. And that's when I decided to think about a different career. And while thinking about this different career, something opened up, I think, in, in subconsciously about this spiritual life that I'm not in touch with, you know, that's the, the right brain, you know, the creative brain. Um, so I retrained as a designer and I became much more creative and I loved being a designer. Then I worked for marketing um, in a marketing uh, role for a tea company, which, which I really liked. And it felt much more aligned with my, with, with what I enjoy doing. You know, it was creative and the product that I worked for was lovely. And then I had a burnout, had a huge burnout uh, in 27, I think it was 2016. And at that point, I, I just noticed how I'd spent my life completely obsessed with the outside world, with ticking boxes, you know, having the career, having the money, having the status, having all those things outside of myself thinking, that's the way to live life. You know, that's how you feel safe. Once you've ticked all those boxes, you can rest. 
And the more I was giving my, my energy away to those external factors, um, the more I depleted <laughs> and I had a burnout. And I think that's when I said, um, I wasn't religious or anything, but I was very much like, okay, life, show me what, what can I do? What can I do to be happy? I was just desperate to just be happy. I just want to be fulfilled. So I would say for me, what started my, my healing <laughs> Um, was this prayer, this this prayer, this surrender of show me. And this surrender happened in a very dark place when I was really, really low and I couldn't see a way out. I was like, how do I do this? And by asking, the simple act of asking for help, for saying, please show me. And I think at that, at that point, although I was praying to a God outside, I was actually saying this to myself. I was like, Gwen, show me. How, how can I be happy? What is the path to happiness? How do I let go of all those external things I'm desperate to get that I feel like I'm a failure if I don't have them? And at that point, I started to explore. I went to different workshops. I tried family constellations. I remember I did those warm wisdom circles, red tent, you know, I wanted to connect to my feminine energy. And I just literally, you know how some, some women love to spend money on clothes and shoes, which I love as well but all my money went into workshops it was like <laughs> my new discovery because I was meeting people on a similar you know on a similar journey of, of questioning their lives you know and what what being happy means and I tried loads of different things and I loved it I created a new community of a lot of them were women mainly women and then someone mentioned a meditation evening a theta healing meditation evening I think it was 2017 2016 and I remember thinking, oh, I don't know much about meditation, but that seems interesting. And I went. That's actually very clever. They call it meditation. Good. I never realized. Yeah. yeah. I, had no, I had no idea what, I'm sure it's healing, but it said meditation. Yeah. I remember I was hooked on the word meditation. Yeah. The threshold is a bit lower than like theta healing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because I could relate to meditation. I knew it was about mm. calming the mind and visualization. I was like, okay, yeah, I want more peace in my life. I want to feel <laughs> Good inside, you're right. Little did you know. <laughs> Little did I know. We're on the highway. <laughs> but this is the beauty of this, right? It's like you, it's one simple invitation, one simple leaflet pushed through your door and you say yes to it. And then your whole life is just turned upside down. And that's exactly what happened to me with that meditation evening. It was in a hotel in, in South London. I think it was South Kensington in London. Mm -hmm. About 200 people there. And this woman just stood up on stage um, from the, the, the Theta Healing Company that I trained with uh, later on called Bourgeon. And um, she took us through this meditation, but she also did something called Theta Healing. She was giving us, um, she could read the energy of the room. I was like, oh my God, how does she do, you know, how does she, how do you read energy? You know, this <laughs> is when I got introduced to the concept of energy. And, and then she gave us some downloads. She helped us release some um, beliefs, some emotions, uh, some conditioning, some patterns, all of that. And then I left and I just felt lighter. I was like, oh, I really, I felt really different in my body. And I was mm -hmm. like, I'm really intrigued. So I just booked a one-to-one -one session. I was like, let's see what happens when it's, you know, tailored to me. And, mm -hmm. and I went to this one-to-one -one session and I was gobsmacked. I hardly said anything during the session, but she could read what happened to me, obviously in different past lives. And I wasn't quite 
interestingly, I wasn't freaked out about the past life conversation. I was like, for somehow, somehow it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. But she also picked up on things that happened in my childhood that were a source of a lot of trauma um, that I was still stuck in. And we, she released all that trauma from my childhood. And I, I just left and I just, I just felt like I'd taken a massive breath of fresh air. I was mm-hmm. like, oh. Literally, I'm making that noise now that I can breathe because I could see what was stopping me. I could see all the fear um, and and why I didn't want to go and live my dreams. You know, I was like, no, I've got to have the safety. I've got to have the security because I had a traumatic childhood. I needed safety. Mm. I couldn't go and be creative and just go with the flow. It was too scary for me. And I could see that. I was like, wow. Mm. And then that was it. That was after after this session. There you go. And I think... We hooked, and then I think we, you and I met later on, um, a few months later, I think probably eight months later, because I did the, the first course, introductory course that you do, which is the basic course to introduce you to energy healing. And I loved it because it was a whole world I didn't know I have access to. It's like your sixth sense. You know, everyone speak about the sixth sense. And through Theta Healing, I really got to understand and play with my sixth sense, you know, my intuition, reading energy. Um, so it really connected me to myself at a very deep level. And, and the fascinating, sorry, that was it. No, that was it. That was the start. Yeah. <laughs> C'est ça. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what's so fascinating about theta healing, um, is just the speed of it. And the, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a theta healing teacher as well. So I've taught a range of people, um, yeah, all the basic classes and, It's so fast. I mean, as a, from the teaching perspective, it's even more fascinating because you have to, these people coming and they, there's, I don't want to say they're starting at zero. That's never true. But like they, mm. they are where I was. And, and as it seems you were, you know, you, we, you come mm. there and you have no idea about all these things that you can do. And it takes three days and you actually have all the basic tools. And like the last um, basic class I taught, I taught people were, so advanced already because um as a collective you know um, the collective is learning with every person who's um who has this knowledge inside them it gets gets faster and faster and um it's it's amazing how quickly pe- uh, people pick this up to nowadays it's absolutely incredible and so um, I, there's still a lot of healers out there who believe that it has to be like ages of training and yes of mm. course to really become um, good things do trade uh, even with theta healing it takes training and learning but it's so intimately connected with our own journey isn't it um, our own healing journey we um, swap with others and we I found that with every I've I trained with different teachers but also with different uh, had lots of swapping partners so with every person you learn different ways of doing it because they it's a bit like memes that get passed on and you're like oh, oh this mm. thing exists and then the next thing is that somebody comes to you and you see it in them as well and you're like oh uh, you can recognize it because as we said you build up this vocab of just what's there and what what can be changed i think Definitely. the limit is always what we believe to be true and believe to be possible exactly and you're right it works really fast and it's not that you have a session and you're healed that's not no. the point the point is Whenever you notice a new layer, a new uncomfortable layer presenting itself to you, you're able to shift it really fast. Yeah. And then the next layer may come up and then you can shift it. You're right. Because I'd done, I'd, um, I'd been through therapy before I discovered, well, while I was discovering Theta Healing in the background, I'd done therapy and therapy works. Um, it's also a really be- beautiful process, but it doesn't go as deep as quickly 
uh, for me, anyway, that's my experience. Okay, I don't want to generalize yeah, this, but here. for me, mm-hmm. what I really enjoyed about theta healing is you get to really hit the core of the issue. You go really deep, um, and it's somewhere in your subconscious, right? And theta healing really allows you to connect to the subconscious, and that's why I always, for me, it was important to have swaps. I know they sound a bit naughty, don't they? Swapping, uh, but having those swaps because someone else, at the, especially at the very beginning, um, uh, it's easier for someone else to pick up on what's in your subconscious than when you're trying to do it yourself, right? Um, I do find it a lot easier to do that myself now, but at the beginning, you know, all this um, swapping and practicing and really attuning to your intuition is really important. Yeah. So how did you um, maybe continue your like your journey from, um, I guess, where we came from that I asked you, how did um, did you learn about your particular um, let's call you know the the way we call it in theta healing is the psychic senses um mm. so you call it the, the sixth sense but in a way what we learn is that actually all our senses can be heightened to the point that we pick up much finer um information and yes. the thing is that even even in in when when they're not heightened i mean first of all you can't really compare like how how well does my sense pick up information how well does your sense pick up information it's not really like with glasses you can maybe you know measure it and so on with hearing to a degree as well but it's very hard to compare so everyone has their own setup anyway and everyone has a preferred senses and when we train as healers it's also we we have certain of the you know the heightened senses that are um stronger and it changes over time but so uh, i find that actually one of the most crucial things to train people in when they come into data healing and i found in on my journey because i'm a feeler um that actually the focus was a lot on on seeing and it really triggered me and really kind of helped me back from connecting to my ability to just feel information um Uh, because sometimes with with psychic people it's very much like oh what do you see what do you see yeah. but it's not always like it's really triggering when you're like i don't see anything like ah! uh, so i'm a failure so then you have to work on that but so how what's it like for you what's your how that's what i meant to ask you know now that you've come you've done these trainings you learned more and more how did you connect to your um psychic abilities what do they you know what are they like for you how do you experience them It's a beautiful question, Hannah, and it's a really, really good point. You know, being psychic doesn't mean seeing, you know, it doesn't mean having visions. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it is for some people. So I'm a combination. And you're right. Um, when you're tuning into your sixth sense or that intuition, it's about developing your own intuitive library, right? The way you receive information will be different to someone else and it's very unique. And mine changed from moment to moment. It's really interesting. Sometimes I get the, I get pictures, so I see I see pictures being drawn in front of me. Sometimes I I just know there's a knowing. So um, it's beyond words. It's beyond vision. It's a knowing. And I feel it in my heart. I just Mm -hmm. know. Um, Sometimes I will hear the word, a very precise word. Sometimes I'll ask questions. I'm doing a reading for someone. um, And Do you know, actually, now that you're asking this question, a really important thing about um, developing your intuitive abilities is also being able to ask the right questions. Yeah. You're right? bringing this up, yeah. Yes. I just realized that when I'm doing with, reading with people, I spend a lot of time asking my, my, my clients questions. But then when I'm tuning to the energy, I'm asking the energy question. I'm like, show me. 
um, the root of this trauma, for example. Show me how to resolve what's the best download right now. Um, so, um, you know, is this coming from mom's side or dad's side? So it's really about fine-tuning the question. The question is really important. The questions take you on the journey. And the questions is part of you receiving information to get more information. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I, this is a big theme for me as well that I'm probably not completely done with because I, I what I find is that, um, because, because with data healing, we, um, we, we connect to basically, well, now what kind of word do we want to use? Like in, in theta healing, we call it creator of all that is creation, mm -hmm. basically the ultimate energy that moves atoms that is behind everything that is, unconditionally loving and mm -hmm. that is what we are all made of we've just kind of yeah. a little bit um, and the interesting thing about that place if information comes from that place it's not very black and white unfortunately when we ask questions uh, especially from a place of emotional charge and trauma we want black and white usually don't we uh, mm. So that's what I've often found that I ask this question and then I feel like I can't hear the answer, but it's because my question wanted a black and white answer and what I get isn't black and white. It's more, much more complicated and more, maybe more vague or more, but also more true. Um, yeah. So we need to want to hear what we ask for um, in, yeah. in the form that it comes and not in the form that we want it. <laughs> Exactly. That's part of the, the, the surrendering and expanding. That's how you expand your capacity to receive when you let go of what it looks like. Yeah. And I think also it's, it's, it's what you've just touched upon is sometimes I know sometimes I can ask questions and they come from a place of fear. And if I ask, that's for myself, not for my clients. I'm a, when I'm holding space for my client, I'm for my client. So I don't have the fear factor. But when I ask um, questions about myself or my life, I notice if I've got any any fear or anxiety around that question, I cannot receive anything. Yeah. I'm just because I disconnect. The fear disconnects mm -hmm. me from myself and I cannot hear, see, feel anything. How um, do you get around that then? I clear the fear. So what I do, it's a very good question. If I see I'm in fear, what I do, I'll do a round of tapping. So the emotional freedom technique to take the edge off. Yeah. So tapping is like acupuncture for the emotion. So tapping is a really great uh, tool for emergencies. I call it my emergency tool. So if I'm in a heightened state of fear or trauma or um, any, any emotion that disconnects me from my peace, right? I use tapping. I'll just tap around the different points of the body as I speak that fear, you know, into being. Because the thing is with fear, we don't want to confront it, right? And we don't want to see the truth about that fear. But with, with tapping and, and spending time being with the fear, you can let it go. Once I've done that, then I ask the question again, and then I can see clearly, usually. <laughs> Not always. Sometimes I have to do more tapping, right? Um, and, you know, it's like, it's, 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 sometimes it's, um, and I know that's my belief, and I'm working on releasing that belief, but sometimes it's hard to be your own doctor, right? To be your yeah. own healer. <laughs> yeah. But it's also nice to heal um, together. I mean, I think it's yeah. partly also just something that, having someone like you said with that conversation and maybe here we're getting to talking about the role of the healer and we can talk about also i feel like it's interesting to talk about that name i personally don't always like to call myself a healer because it feels mm. a bit old-fashioned <laughs> and I, yeah. i still feel like um, i still see kind of um merlin's beard and like i don't know the gadgets <laughs> when i think about it maybe that's my again my belief or something <laughs> but it feels I feel also like it's not really the most, I feel like healer isn't always the most useful word when it comes to communicating what I do to the outside world. 
um, it's just, I don't know, but it feels also like there's not a, sometimes I say coach and healer to take the edge off, but it's, uh, I haven't found really found a solution mm. about it, but what is, because also I feel like this is changing so quickly nowadays. Um, this, this modality, the modalities that come, the amount of people who are interested in meditation in, as you said, like, that's like the lower threshold, um, word <laughs> everyone's country. Oh yeah. Meditation. Everyone's heard of it now. Um, mindfulness, all these, mm. maybe yoga, uh, and, and, um, but also, I mean, how many theta healers are in the world? A million, more than a million, um, It's yeah. increasing so much. It's 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 not a niche thing anymore, and so I'm very interested interested in the in yeah. Who are we as healers? What what exactly is it that we do? What is our role? Um, maybe you yeah. can say something about that. Yeah, that's such a great uh, exploration because I have changed. Like since I qualified as a theta healer, uh, later on I qualified as a columnarius practitioner. Um, and I've changed my my title many times, my mm. job titles many times. I used to have energy healer, as you said, or healer, uh, theta healing practitioner. I went through, I don't know, up to 20 different titles at one point. I kept changing it. And it's, and I don't use healer anymore. I don't use healer. Yeah. I, I don't resonate with that word. So I'm Me currently neither. using, yeah. And because as you said, it's not, We don't, I don't feel I'm healing anyone, right? When I, when I work and currently I use currently, and I say currently because it may change. I use the word spiritual coach or mm -hmm. spiritual and life purpose coach. And the mm -hmm. only reason I use those words is just to qualify a little bit the area mm -hmm. uh, of life that I support people with, right? Which is life purpose, connection to intuition, you know, heart desires, those keywords and yeah, the niching I, that people actually know have any anything to kind of attach to as well exactly it's just a little bit of a you're right a little tag to say look roughly this is what I do it's yeah. very rough right <laughs> yeah. um but you know you have to name yourself don't you somehow but at the same time I don't want to name myself I don't think I'm a healer I think and I don't think I fix anyone either I'm not here to no. fix anyone at all um I'm here to guide people to release what no longer serves them. And I hold space. I don't do anything. At the end of the day, the person I'm working with, they're the one doing the work. They're the one giving permission to have this exploration in the subconscious. They're the yeah. one that's saying, yes, I want to release that. They're the one healing themselves. I just hold space. I do ask a few questions. I do read energy. So I work with energy, but I'm not a healer. I'm not. You bring awareness. You, you I bring, bring awareness. clarity and awareness. Beautiful. Thank you. That's exactly it. And consciousness, clarity, awareness, consciousness. And, and that's, that's what I do. And I mirror back. Basically, what I do, I'm a mirror, yeah. talking about color mirrors. I just mirror back what's in their subconscious so they can see it a little bit clearer. Yeah. And then they find their own answers. And that's beautiful when they really find their answers or they get a new understanding or a new perception. Um, there's a quote I always use. Um, uh, I think it's in my email signature. I love it so much. It says, a miracle is a shift in perception. Yeah. And, and that's and what also, I hold space for. Yeah. And, 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 and then um, in feeling as well. Mm. Because, I mean, how do people know something changed? Exactly. It's kind of how, how you perceive feel. the world. And I mean, you, yes, you perceive it in, uh, yeah, isn't in, how do we perceive the world, right? I mean, it's, it's, 
personally, I, I tend to think it's very much through emotions and um, even all the rational stuff is, is always, um, it always comes with emotions, doesn't it? I, um, I'm sure people would disagree, but. Um, no, you, I, I, I would agree with you personally. It's a mix of both. It's a mix of the left brain, you know, seeing the world, you know, from a point of judgment. So that's what the left brain does. It assesses, it judges, it makes decisions based on what it sees and what it judges. On, based on past experiences. And exactly. The logical mind. Um, and it's twinned with, you're right, the emotional world, yeah. you know. Sometimes it will be the rational uh, mind making those decisions about how you feel. And sometimes it's how you feel will then impact how you think. So they're completely intertwined. And all of them, all those, the thinking and the feeling, they form this. Um, if, I, if I just connect to what it looks like to me when I connect um, to different people, it's like it forms this, um, this dance mass. And it lowers your vibration if they're negative. It, it lowers, it doesn't make you feel good, just to put it simply. And as you untangle this mass of thoughts and feelings and emotion, and you start to understand where they come from, you know, how did they appear in the first place? What are you learning? You know, the big thing about um, our experience here on earth is that we're learning different lessons, right? And while we're learning what we're learning, while we're going through those challenges that we're going through, because we're learning something, but we just forgot what it was. <laughs> so um, when we remember what we're learning and we can see the lessons, then we can let go of the suffering. We can say, okay, I'm done with this lesson now. I don't want to learn, you know, giving my power away to others because I feel small and a victim, for example, right? It's a big inspiration for humans, the power struggle. <laughs> um, so it's totally a mix of both. So you know, you, you know you've, um, you've um, facilitated your client's Kind of releasing when they feel better they can feel it in their body they're like oh yeah i don't feel that anymore that emotion that was associated with that belief or that thought or that experience is gone or it's reduced you know sometimes it doesn't go straight away it's okay there's just different layers but you're right it's the feeling world really important that's how you know yeah and um Maybe I feel like uh, it's a, it's a, an amazing point you raised about the lessons. Um, let's explore that a bit more. Maybe uh, ex explain a bit more what you mean, because I'm sure a lot of people here wouldn't have like <laughs> thought about that angle to life yet. I mean, unless you're in already in a healing or he oh, yeah, I would still mm. call it healing, but you know that kind of mindset. Um, I find that a lot of this work also is is just a shift in in nearly philosophy of what life is how like who we are so there's a really a couple of mm. premises that you kind of start to it's not really like you're being indoctrinated to it and it's like oh you believe it because it's you're being told but it's more I feel like it, you have to experience it and through these sessions what happens is that you start being you feel the truth of certain things like you, you mentioned the past lives you had in your first session and it's like <laughs> if you I find it always very um, exciting the first time you come in touch with past life work I mean I can remember for me it's this doubt the sense of excitement and like also curiosity like what is this thing like can't exist but like what is this about and and then you have to you just get to the point where something resonates so deeply with you that you just can't not believe it anymore and then I guess I don't know how it's for you but as, as for me the more I opened up the more seeing my own past lives actually opened up and seeing clients past lives um which is super super fascinating and usually 
just kind of why is it important it is also you can get, get lost in past life stories very quickly um mm. and make them much more important than they are but it's it, they're always a reference point for the lesson we're learning so one of the premises that we need to also mm. mention is that we are soul um spirit <laughs> where we're something much bigger than in this earthly form container that we've chosen for ourselves um the premise of everyone and everything having free will and choosing their experience freely <laughs> which is hard to believe a lot of the time yeah. um, but it's kind of the only thing that makes sense once you get into it in a way because it, it clears any chance of victimhood which is giving away your power so there's some of these premises maybe you could um, talk about that a bit more and like what else you feel is you need to believe in or you you need to stop believing in or like that some, mm. just these premises you need to adopt in order for the, for this to make sense in a way or that comes naturally because otherwise um, yeah things just don't make sense that you're confronted with yes it's yeah great question for me what made a huge difference what really sped up my um my my raising consciousness and my, my healing in a way is when i understood that I chose all the experiences that I've had, first of all, in this life. I used to be very much in victim mode. Yeah. Um, as I said earlier, I had, I had a lot of childhood trauma and I used to think life is not fair. Why is this happening to me? Because this happened to me. I can't do this. I can't have access to that. I'm not good enough. It created loads of different beliefs about myself. And for years, and I was Cages. And cages, prisons, <laughs> that's it, stuck. The word is stuck, you're right. It was, I felt so stuck because of what had happened to me. You can't see me, but I'm doing quotation marks. What <laughs> happened to me? I really thought that's how the world works. There's, yeah. there's something happens to you, there's nothing you can do about it, and then you have to suffer. And it's you know? also really mean. Yes, and it's so mean and it's so and bad. Why and, and why me? Yes, and then there's the bad people and the good people. There was that duality, you know, about life. There's the good and the bad, the right and the wrong. And when I really got this, and you're right, it's beautiful how, what you, how you said it's almost a philosophy. You know, what we're saying is, we're not saying it's the true. We're just saying we're inviting you to consider this. So this is what I'm inviting um, whoever's listening to consider and to leave it if it doesn't resonate. If it doesn't empower you, leave it. This is what I always say. If it doesn't make sense, doesn't make you feel good, leave it. Is as you said, we come on earth to experience certain things so we can learn certain lessons, so we can then, from learning those lessons, transcend into who we really are, which is love. And as we learn this, we, you know, I don't know if you've heard this before. I think, um, I can't remember who said this. Um, the universe is ever expanding. Someone really famous, I feel quite embarrassed, I don't remember who, oh, um, Stephen Hawking said that, I think. Mm. And this is how the, for me, the universe expands is because of each individual soul having experiences, learning lessons and transcending those limiting beliefs and patterns. That's the universe expanding and getting to know itself. Mm. And when you understand that you chose your life, literally, you chose your parents, you chose all the experiences that you wanted to have in this life. And on top of that, you came in with a little bit of baggage, maybe. <laughs> you already came in with some beliefs that happened, as you said, I do believe, you know, as you know, in past lives, and I've experienced what it's like to connect to a past life. So I know for me, in my body, it feels true. It's, it's true for me. So you come in with experiences from past life that are kind of compounded, then you come into this life, 
and you decided I'm going to learn X, Y lesson and I'm going to come in with all that baggage from this past life and I'm going to resolve it in this life. Yeah. And when you realize that you chose this and that actually there is no perpetrator and victim, it's just different explorations. For example, in this life, for me, I decided to be the victim, the victim of my parents, the victim of life, the victim of the school children, the victim of the teachers, you name it. And probably because in a different life, I explored being the perpetrator. And I thought, I don't like being the perpetrator. So I'm going to see what it feels like to be the victim. Mm -hmm. And after a while, I realized being the victim is, is, is not that fun. I mean, it's great because you don't get to be responsible for anything and you get to blame and judge. And that feels really righteous. But you realize, actually, I'm not getting anywhere with my life being the victim. <laughs> right? Yeah, and then and you have I, both, both perspectives yeah. and you can find a beautiful middle and you can you have understanding. You can also help others who are still in the kind of... That's it. Actually, there is no... It's not bad to be the perpetrator. And it's not poor you and you, you must be good if you're the victim. The idea is to just be with the exploration of life. You know, just be with... Actually, we are all powerful souls. We decide who we give our power to. We decide, you know, maybe in this life, I gave my power away to life and my parents. I decided, oh, they have all the power. And because I gave my power away to my parents, I'm the victims and I get to justify why I'm not doing anything with my life. And I could see, oh, that's really serving me on some level. But what am I learning here? And what I was learning is actually to remember I'm powerful beyond my environment, beyond my story, beyond my childhood. That's what I was learning. I was reclaiming my authentic power. And when I use the word power, I don't mean um, control power or ego power. I mean love. That's true power. True power is love. It's authenticity. It's sovereignty. It's belonging to yourself. And once you remember that that you actually are powerful and you create your reality. Everything that happens to you, even if it feels completely remote to you, everything that happens in your world is created by you. Once I got that, I could take responsibility for all of it. Yeah. Is, all so of what it. Is, and, at that yeah. point, what is healing? The healing is being able to then read your reality so the, your, I call this your reality reflection. So read your reality reflection. When you're able to understand, let me give you a concrete example. For example, a really simple one. Um, a few months ago, I was walking my dog and he went towards someone um, that doesn't like dog. He just went and sniffed. You know, it's a small dog. It looks like a teddy bear. He wouldn't scare anyone. But for someone that's scared of dog, it's really scary. And he went towards that person and that person really shouted back at me and attacked me you know, like stay away. And she shouted and she was terrified. I could tell she was absolutely terrified. And I had, you know, I had compassion. I was like, wow, she's really scared. But at the same time, I felt really offended. I was like, you know, it's okay. It's only a small dog. It just wants to say hi. There's no point attacking me. So I could have gone in, in blame, you know, and judging her. But instead I thought, hang on, how do I feel? I felt attacked, right? I felt persecuted, right? I felt it was unfair. And What I had to do in that moment, this is a healing moment, instead of projecting back to her, I went back to myself and said, how do I feel right now in this scenario? Mm -hmm. Once I connected to how I felt, because I'm all at that point, I was working on releasing persecution mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, from my story. Right. So I was literally I, I manifested this moment where this woman is kind of 
persecuting me in a way, shouting at me and telling me off. And I just realized, oh, I still hold the vibration of persecution in me that I would manifest that. So what I did was I just brought it back to me. I, you know, I cleared it. I think I cleared it either in a session with someone or I think I did a little bit of tapping or I brought some colors into my field um, and I released the persecution. And since then, my dog, even when it goes towards people that are not fan of dogs, they don't scream at me. They just go, okay, okay, I'm a bit scared now. Can you take your dog away? But they're kind, you know? <laughs> so um, that's just a really simple example, but that's the level of responsibility you can take for what happened in your environment. Mm -hmm. And it sounds a bit, um, I don't know how it sounds because it makes sense to me now. So I don't know how it sounds to someone that's yeah. never heard that. <laughs> it sounds totally normal for me too, but it's like when you come from a paradigm where healing comes from, okay, you know, you're broken, you have cancer, there's something wrong with you and you need to be fixed or healed. It's very different, isn't it? Mm. So. It is. And it's also where the, where the breakthrough is, when you can, and I know when, especially when you're, when, you're, when you're sick, when you're ill or you're in a very low point, um, it can be very hard in that moment to be to feel or to, to take responsibility for it because you're right in that moment it feels like this is happening to me mm. how can I be responsible for this but I also know that when you have that moment of, of of clarity and say let me see what happens let me see what happens if I took responsibility for it for five minutes you know start with that five minutes of let me see how I can take responsibility what is responsibility so responsibility is when you realize that actually you are the source of what's happening, no one else. Mm. That's when you say it's not the doctors, it's not the disease, it's not the people, it's not life, it's not what happened to me when I was three or 10, whatever. It's when you say, I created this, I'm at the source of this. And I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> No, <laughs> but it's, it's an exploration, though. You can try it on. And I know for me personally why I say that is because when I experienced, when I stopped blaming the outside world and I took responsibility for all of it and I've had some deep traumas, you know, I really thought, especially when I was a child, I used to think, no, it's definitely my parents fault. I was only a child. But when I was able to go back and take responsibility for, for all of it, this is where for me the healing happened. The forgiveness came. And the freeing, the freeing at soul level happened. And I felt it in my body. And that's why I can talk about it and say, look, you know, mm -hmm. okay, it might not work for everyone. I don't know. But I know for me personally, that's when I do that, when I take responsibility for what I, what's happening outside of me, this is when I know I have breakthroughs. Yeah, this yeah. is when I know I'm able to release. Yeah. And voilà. um, at that point also, is there an end to healing? When does healing end? Does it have a purpose? Um, so for me, it never, it never ends, but it becomes easier because we're always expanding. We're always learning. We're limitless. So for me, um, what I can say is it might be a bit hard because there's some deep-rooted pattern at first to just break through and release. And then you get to a point where you're just quite good at keeping your vibration high. So your feelings high, right? Your thoughts high and you're in a, sp a state of joy more often than, you know, than you may have been before. But you're still you're still expanding. But the way you expand, the way you heal is more joyful. There's less for me, there's less drama, there's less resistance. 
there's less stories, but every day something comes up and, you know, I have to, to look at, okay, this is coming up. I don't feel so good about it. It reminds me of this, or I feel this way. Let's see what, what it is. But I do it with a very um, disciplined approach now. I'm like, ah, okay, I can see it, you know? I'm like, I don't have to be involved in it. I can see it's about to happen. And I can then, you know, do whatever I need to do in the moment to let it go and heal it. But I don't think we ever stop. While we're on earth, we never stop. We just make it more pleasant and more fun. Yeah. And um, is there an end to healing? Or what's the end goal? Is there an end goal? Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Um, oh, and obviously uh -huh. we might not, I don't know if we know yet. Or if, uh, <laughs> how I'll tell you what, tell yeah, I'll tell you what I feel. Yeah, I'll tell you what I feel. I feel that ultimately the whole journey on earth and beyond is to return back to love. It's that simple. That everything we do is to return back to a place of pure divine love. Hmm. And it can happen in this life, in the next one, on this earth, if you believe in other realms and paradigms you can do this in other realms dimensions paradigms too but the ultimate goal is you you come back home to love because that's who we are at the core oh so nice <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah i wonder what that would look like or feel like i know right but i know it's there you know for me it's like i know because I've experienced it in my body. I've had glimpses of it. You know, when you, when you feel so present in the moment, yeah. you feel so grounded, so connected, and you look around and there's no judgment. You just see love in everything and in everyone. I've had those moments um, and I have them more and more frequently. I just know that's what we're all meant to do. Yeah. And that's the But truth of life. Everyone <laughs> gets to that point. What happens then? <laughs> and then, then time also doesn't exist so it already yeah. happened so what oh yeah i know that's a different one to get your head around <laughs> <laughs> i think then we just go back then we don't probably don't need earth we don't need to be on earth anymore we don't need to explore what it's like to be on earth in form we just go back to spirit form to the creator of all that is to source as you said earlier we just go back to creation great yeah yeah so it's just an adventure. It's the big adventure, you know, in, in our earth spaceship, I call it our body. Mm. And, and we enjoy being informed. There's experiences that when you're in the body, you can't have if you're in spirit form. Um, so it's just a game. It really is an exploration. Even the really difficult things, you know, I can look back at difficult, very difficult moments, life or death moments in my life. And I can really see them with compassion now and see, wow, I was really experiencing giving up, you know, and I can go back to those moments and say, yeah, it was the, the experience I had in that moment. Yeah. And I'm not afraid of it. It was painful, but I'm not afraid of it. It's so nice when the drama leaves, when we don't make a drama out of things by blaming, judging, um, being a victim, etc. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's always when things get kind of, uh, I don't know, annoying and overly complicated. There's some kind of drama we're creating or that we're hopping onto um, that we need to resolve because in the end things are really simple and clear and um, yeah, like s uh, in my last uh, conversation, it was like time can slow down so much and things get, yeah, it gets so much more simple and when we're in this stressful place um everything's just uh, 
so much harder. <laughs> I remember my mm. old life and the exhaustion and the, I mean, I'm still, um, you know, I'm a mom and I, it's not like I don't know exhaustion, but <laughs> it's just, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it, there's this calmness of knowing that everything that comes up can be dealt with. And I, you know, knowing, for example, I know, okay, I'm just going to have a session with you <laughs> or someone else. And um, it's going to be cleared even if I, you know, if I can't solve it myself. And that is such a nice, that's like a true sense of security and mm. safety, which lies in knowing that you can resolve it in yourself. You don't need to, yes, sure. Maybe some, maybe you choose a facilitator because um, I also find that the, you know, the bigger kind of knots, um, it's helpful to, and also very nice to, to, to share that healing, um, that, that transformation moment with someone else. But essentially it's, as you said, it's, it's happening inside of, of us. And, and this is so empowering, this feeling of, wow, I, yeah, it's all in me. <laughs> it's like, it really is. It's all there. You know, it's just a remembering. It's just, Yeah, that's it's so empowering. When you have that moment, you can feel it in your body, you know, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's why I do what I do, or that's why I felt that way. Oh, and now I can let it go. And, and it's quite it fun <laughs> as well, right? There's a lot of humor in it at, at times. Like when we laugh, when so I, I actually I'm doing, taking a lot of sessions with you at the moment. Um, and it's uh, I've you know, it's like going into very deep stuff and also releasing and it doesn't always feel nice but there's always this humorous side of like yeah what did I build myself there it's like okay shall we release that yeah good idea <laughs> and it's I mean that's amazing I had yeah. one client who really I mean he was like on a on a roll like every week he, uh, on, a, on a weekly package kind of like that and really not not faffing around going very deep and and the most beautiful moment was when he came to me and he said like oh you know like our weekly hour has become like my favorite time of the of the week mm. and I was just like you are incredible and like something is working here because it's like you don't just talk about stuff and then you go out and it all hangs there and again I'm not I don't want to bash talk therapy but um mm -hmm. just from also from my experience I it's not like I didn't feel like things shifted and I've worked with quite mm -hmm. a few people who also were in therapy and who where I then had to, yeah, maybe they had kind of gotten to to the point where kind of the basic structure of the problem, but then they were left with all the emotions that were hanging there, all mm. the trauma that was activated. And then it was like, okay, let's release all that. And and they were like, okay, because uh, it's not, not you know, a conversation can be healing like with your husband, mm -hmm. but there needs to be the right, like the right spot needs to be hit. Um, and that yeah. can be quite deep. And that can come when we're really like, when, when the, situation and the rapport is right but yeah it's interesting it's um and you're right it can be light as well you can go really deep work and then bring humor into it you really can and actually it really it helps with the healing you know because you can step back and have a little observation about yeah what were you doing to yourself you know what did you hold on to those beliefs you know when you start taking responsibility and then you can laugh at it and, but with a lot of compassion and and humor and you're right I think also it's about finding the person you want to work with, the healer or whatever we want to call them, right? We don't have a name for them. Um, the healer, the person, the facilitator, the space holder that resonates with you. You're right. You've got to find there is no one size fit all. You have to feel the energy of the person and, and you're right. Their philosophy, how they see life, how they work, and then find what works for you. You know, before I did uh, Theta Healing, I was doing therapy because at that time, therapy is what 
worked for me because I don't think I was ready for the energy work. I don't think consciously yeah. I couldn't, I could have taken um, the concepts and the ideas. Uh, at the time they were concept and ideas. Now they're very much real for me, right? I don't think I was ready. I had to go through therapy first. But then, also be- <laughs> yeah and, and you the thing is um because it's not it can't be an abstract thing healing and energy work it can't be this oh let's shift this and then you don't feel a difference the thing is because it is at the very bottom center depth deep deepest deepest center it's about taking responsibility as you've described um but taking responsibility also means you can't live like you did You can't make the same yeah. decisions. You can't think in the same way. You can't feel in the same way. And the thing is, a, a session will help you shift everything, but it's still your responsibility and your work to make life different. It's it's mm. life. Life hel- helps as well because when you, the frequency in you is changed, then also you attract different scenarios. You know, if you're really healed on a deep level, but you still also need to. Um, sometimes the work comes after the session doesn't it where you yeah. I mean a lot of times really most of the time <laughs> you know you get you do the healing and then the life delivers the exact situation where you now need to think differently and not see yourself as a victim or something and that's it you get the anchoring process I think once people finish the session they've got all this new awareness those new insights they've released things that don't serve them and you're right then they'll get presented with um, opportunities to anchor <laughs> that new consciousness you're right and then and then they do it themselves and that's the powerful part then they realize oh yeah i have the power it's me it's not my healer in quote marks it's me i'm doing this and that's also a a responsibility as the healer that you need to be careful sometimes that people don't start leaning on you too much either it's like um yes empowerment and empowerment can't be about making them like rely on you you need to get them to the the whole point is for them to not need you in a way yes that's the idea the idea is they you know once you finish working with them you know some people come and they stay with you a few weeks some few years depending on where they are on their journey but ultimately at one point you do want them to leave because that means (laughs) they are empowered you know they've they've got what they need to get for themselves now they can go off and live their life fully um You're right. I think that's when you know you've done a good job. It's when people don't come back, usually, right? (laughs) (laughs) And and the other thing that just came to me as well to mention is like healing comes in very interesting ways. And as healers, I think that's one of the first really hard lessons we need to learn is that, yeah, we're not really responsible for the outcome. We're, We're facilitating, but... For example, sometimes a healing can be um, to lose your job. It mm. can mean to die. I mean, some people, you know, so for some people, the healing is death, which doesn't mean you killed them with your session, but it's like, you, <laughs> <laughs> you, that's exactly the point, right? You don't, that's not, I mean, we take responsibility for the, the space and the the to a degree like you know the quality and the 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 calmness and the 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 loving energy we and, and that we're in a good place and so on but we don't resp- take responsibility for what happens in their life and that's mm-hmm. interesting to learn yeah. at the beginning because we're it's not what we learn in the outside world necessarily and i mean i've certainly had it a few times that people because the when when you do something like you book a seminar or you book um a coaching package with a healer um, the energy starts working immediately because mm. it's not the person doing something it's like the uh, you as a soul and through you your action as a person signing up for something and it's you sign up for a certain 
upgrade. <laughs> now upgrade yeah. comes with letting go of things. So I've definitely, I've had a few people just like signing up with me as not even doing any work. And like one, one time we had a conversation on the phone, um, person uh, kind of committed to the package And an hour later, he got an email um, that he was losing his job. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. and then it's interesting to guide people through that process and they can respond in different ways. And then their response is something you can then work with. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. <laughs> have you had interesting experiences like that? Um, I was trying to recall as you were speaking, but you're right. It's letting go of the outcome. Sometimes you're right. Losing a job um, is the outcome because they they couldn't be with that job anymore. Even, even though they were attached to it, you're right. And the healing was the letting go. And sometimes, um, you know, you can't. Yes, exactly. They needed that space to be able to sort of upgrade or move to, to where they want to be. And, and sometimes life works in mysterious ways as well. Right. It will, it will show you, it looks like, um, Uh, something bad but it's got a hidden secret behind it but you can't quite see the see it yet right so you've got to trust got to trust it yeah. um but I can't think of anything like that like top of my head yeah. um but I know yeah I know exactly what you mean um it's letting go of the outcome and you're right everyone is responsible for their own well-being you're creating space for them they're they're, they're the ones that that are responsible you're yeah. absolutely right it's really important to make sure there's no transference or no um, that you're not a crutch, you know, for because you're not empowering them. If you're the crutch, you're not empowering them. Um, so it's a really good, um, you know, we've just said it's, it's really important, I think, to to set up uh, a new relationship with the client to, to be very clear that they are the source of their own healing. Yeah. You're holding space, providing answers, guiding, and then they're getting their insights. And then what happened after the session is for them because it's because they're ready to deal with whatever shows up Absolutely. and anchor anchor all that healing you're absolutely right it's really actually it's crucial in the healing process to mm -hmm. let go that someone else will save you yeah. so crucial and and then it's also it, it's so crucial and so well healing or transformative to like clients are the uh, interacting with clients is what teaches us so much as well because we learn about yeah. all these non-attachments and uh, oh. I mean I definitely I we upgrade in our understanding they, they the clients are serving us as well and we need to really look at how when when some, when we don't like something again we can't go into blaming or victimhood either so we need to <laughs> then work on ourselves to be like why is this person triggering me um and so on and so you know that's very well mentioned actually Hannah because that's the other element that's so important is to I'm going to speak in, in um, just broad term, but to be a good healer, in quote marks, healer, yeah. <laughs> um, you've got to have healed yourselves. Otherwise, yes, you will get triggered by whatever your clients bring. I remember I was, I was where I had a lot of um, um, issues with my mom to clear at the beginning mm -hmm. of my journey. And I remember when I used to do swaps, so before I was taking clients, um, if anyone came to me with mother issues, I couldn't, I couldn't do the work with them because I hadn't healed it. So part of being a healer is to be the space and to be the space, you've got to clear whatever you need to clear so you can be the space and be completely untriggerable. Yeah. So you can be this presence, this presence that just holds space. But you're right. A big job of being a healer is to do the work yourself. 
but also i mean you said uh, you need to be healed i think that's a bit uh, harsh uh, it's like you yeah, know that's, that's a bit that's a bit absolute yes you're right <laughs> no because we're yeah i mean what does it, it continues and continues but it's like that's you right. need to continue to look at it and be you know just be open to the triggers coming up and knowing that That's in, you it. know like Anna Kidney's coat hanger technique that if you're in a session and you get triggered you're just like okay I see I'm being triggered put that on the on a coat hanger behind me somewhere and I'll deal with it when I'm done with my task because <laughs> exactly. now I'm here fully for this person and then you just let it go and it actually because you don't work from ego and, and from your own energy ideally which is again mm. something you learn um, by working on yourself because then you don't get triggered and you can actually connect to the you know, the highest wisdom from uh, the most loving place. Uh, yeah. And then it's very easy also. People often ask me kind of, how do you, like, do you need to, when pe because some people come with big traumas and, you know, really horrible stories or like that on, on the surface sound really like, oh, like how would you, how can you cope talking to them about it? But I've, I don't even find it affects me one bit. It's like, because I, I, listen to it in theta he in the theta brainwave i um listen to the guidance and it doesn't affect me because it's not i don't go from it i don't i don't perceive it from a place of oh you poor victim or from anything like mm. that and you just see what to do it's like a very pragmatic practical approach isn't it that you just how do you find that do you need to what do you need to, need to do in order to do healing is there anything you yeah you any anything you need in order to be okay or you mean if i if i depending on what clients bring what, yeah, what yeah. issues they bring so i think um yeah like i said before is making sure that if they if you if they do bring something that you feel oh it's too close to home mm -hmm. and you haven't dealt with it yes in the moment you know put it on a coat hanger and create that space you're literally with your intention saying i'm going to deal with this later and you're letting go of the trigger so you can be present for your client and And I think the clue is, is, is in the triggers. You're right. If you feel anything is being said that triggers you, you know that it's got nothing to do with your client. Yeah. It's all to do with you and, and make a note. And then literally before your next, before my next session, what I do is if anything triggered me, I just make sure I either go to someone or do it myself, depending on how I feel about it and clear it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, super important. And 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 as you said, yeah, it's not absolutely you're never healed. But as things show up, you just clear them so you can become, you know, a clearer canvas every time. Um that this shows up. It's a really important part, actually. You're right, you're never there as a healer. You know, you're never the healer. <laughs> you know, you're you're also a work in progress yourself. And I think it's important to remember that. Yeah. Um, and not going ego about it, you know. Um Because it can also be a trap for people never to start seeing clients because they feel that they're not ready. And we always get the clients we can Exactly. So, um, yes, wow. yes, yes. Sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, I've, I've been clearing and doing self-work for 10 years, you know, so I have, I am more than ready, <laughs> you know. Um, but you're right, sometimes we forget that we don't have to be perfect to hold space for others. We really don't. Yeah. Oh, Gwen, could keep talking to you forever, but I feel like it's uh, probably <laughs> a lot to digest uh, already. And um, you, where can we find you? What's your homepage uh, address? So my homepage address is gwenhastwit.com. Yeah, and I'll see if I can put it in the text um, below as well. Lovely. 
No, I, I can't recommend uh, Gwen's session enough. I, I myself am very much <laughs> enjoying them. And um, yeah, if you want to check out her homepage, um, please do. And um, yeah, lots of love to you. Thank you very, very much. Thank such you, Hannah. It was such a joy, as you said, to speak with you and have this conversation and all your reflections, your questions. They're so, um, you know, thought provoking, you know. So thank you so much. It was it was beautiful speaking with you. Thank you. You're so generous. Thank you. And it's always the it's the interaction, isn't it? That's the beauty of, of being able to talk and um, have this exchange. This is why I'm doing it, because I, yeah, I really yeah. love that. Um, amazing. Same here. Thank you, Hannah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for sharing space and time with us during this episode of How Do You Heal? If you found this conversation inspiring, we'd love for you to share it with your friends. Subscribe to be notified when a new episode is on air. And obviously, we'd also be so thrilled if you left us a review. Have an amazing rest of your day and hear you soon.